0: Yeah, i don't i honestly don't even know what possessed me to decide that like other people might want to hear it you know what i mean Uh, like like we could just get together once a week and talk about uh, a movie just as friends but instead it's like well well i don't know i think we're we're interesting enough to publish (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty fucking arrogant when you think about (laughs) who the hell am i (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's any media requires a certain amount of narcissistic delusion to even start yourself off doing anything. Yeah. I I mean, for me, drawing, like, that's the same thing, like, who gives a shit about what I'm making? It's always that, it always starts out as that, like, well, for whatever reason, I think, I think this needs to be out in the world. I have no idea why. It just does. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Then, generally, you find that the, everything has an audience. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, if you just keep at it long enough.
1: Yeah. To right weirdos.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's funny. I've thought about it. I'm like, who exactly is our audience? Like... Oh,
1: God. I, I, yeah. I, I don't... I, I hate the, Well... Go ahead.
0: I just feel like we're... We are we sort of have a, niche, a a niche thing going on but Mm -hmm. from from two different angles and like i I feel like the magic people that come to listen for the magic talk won't get through the part about the movie and like (laughs) the people that come to listen to the movie part will get like 10 minutes in and be like what in the fuck are these guys talking about and i'm just surprised that we have like we're up to like 25 listeners supporting to our
1: damn really
0: yeah it's time to it's basically time to monetize (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's just exponential growth. What the fuck is happening? That's insane. That's an entire classroom. Yeah. Yeah, like we would be we would be warping children's brains at this stage. I mean, like might... I mean I'm sure we are. Wow.
0: I hope no children listen to the show.
1: <laughs> I hope only children listen to the show. <laughs> I'm gonna stop.
0: I'm gonna stop clicking the
1: explicit content button. Just,
0: in case. <laughs> just, just leave the door. Leave the door cracked. You know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I, if if I was a kid, I would only listen to the explicit content stuff.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how you know. You just skim through for like. That's the. This might be good label. Yeah,
2: basically.
1: <laughs> I love how that. That's always that. It's always a backfire. It's always like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna label this and, and make sure that we have rating systems, and then basically all it does is say, "Okay, this is the cool shit." Generally, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that who knows that that may have been a background marketing angle. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Like, do you think? Uh. think hip-hop would have taken off like it did in the night like in like the early 90s the way that it just exploded if it weren't for all the like fuck the police controversy and all that stuff like because i I just think no like i think no no I.
1: I...
2: it
0: still would have but it just wouldn't have done it the way that it did like this just eruption
1: yeah it feels like it, it always feels like for something to really explode into mass consciousness it always needs this like antagonistic resistance Mm -hmm. at some point that like this real desire to suppress it which then somehow just makes it more powerful
0: yeah that's that's oh it's so interesting when you think about how uh we're used to like people on the left being the transgress at least in the public eye and the way they're presented it's like the hippie movement and stuff that's yeah, the left like fighting, um, fighting to break taboos. Yeah. Historically speaking, um, and kind of loosen up a bit. It's like this public image that has been put forth for a long time, <clears throat> um, less stuffy, or whatever. But but now it's interesting because that uh, the left has kind of become the authority on like what is is and isn't allowed to kind of exist. So there's. Yeah. It's interesting because now they're, they're against transgression um, because the, like, the accepted norms are actually accepted in the circles that they, you know, to the people they matter in um, for the most part. Like you go outside those circles, it's a different story. But if like people that are like super forward thinking or consider themselves woke, like they're pretty much only hanging out with other people like them and mostly only communicating with other people like them. So it's interesting to me to to look around and go like, where's the transgression? And where's it gonna come from now? Where's the, that that resistance? And like maybe the thing, like maybe hip hop exploded in the 90s because it absolutely had to, like we absolutely needed it to. And so that controversy might've happened elsewhere, but it like to a different, to different like groups or artists or rappers but it still would have happened like inevitably, I think. Um, mm. So it's almost like maybe we had it wrong a minute ago and maybe it's maybe it's things don't even erupt into the world that are worthwhile unless there's going to be kickback and maybe that's why they erupt.
1: Yeah, maybe so. I mean, it's funny cause there's always been, I forget who originally pointed this out but there's always been sort of a um, a relationship between like hip hop and then metal music. Huh. Cause there's like, there's a, they, they run through similar things. Like it's, it's, it usually comes from like uh, places of despair or blight. Mm. Like it's an expression of the, usually the downtrodden, the lower class, all that shit. And uh, generally always also elicits some sort of like, really harsh negative reaction like whether it's like it always it's always getting blamed for violence or like corruption or like corrupting the youth or whatever the fuck uh and i and both of them kind of went through that in the in the 80s particularly
2: yeah
1: um i don't know what's doing that now though <laughs> uh what's also weird is like it's like they i don't know there's like it's like transgressing what the mainstream concepts are are left-leaning and but then there's this other stupid side of it where like they it's just a return backwards and it's like that's not we don't need that either you know like i appreciate the the uh antagonism the revolt against what's being uh what's being expressed in, the, in like most mainstream culture i and yeah the right is the thing that's like going against it but then within that there's these things where like oh we're just gonna go back to we're gonna go back to the 50s or something i like I, it's like i don't think that's that's not the that's not the correct answer either but i do appreciate that there's some energy there um and you know what i'm saying i don't know
2: yeah yeah
1: i mean i think maybe for us it's like uh if you're if you're coming from this more animist mindset it's like oh you guys aren't regressive enough we need to go back about 30,000 years 50,000 years maybe <laughs> <laughs>
0: I actually I kind of think it's I think it's like that's not right quite right either, but it's close. It's like Mm -hmm. uh like go back really far with a lot of things, but then maintain uh maintain a sense of newness by like revitalizing things like using AM radio frequencies through the earth to power light bulbs, like stuff, like the kinds of tech that we're not allowed to have because it would destroy the economy Um, Mm. because it's a one-time purchase type thing Uh, that's that stuff is real and has been actively like kept off the markets and out of patents forever and many 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 people have been killed to keep that shit (laughs) quiet Uh, (coughs) but it's there like we could have that uh essentially like uh solar punk space utopia here on earth uh we could have that.
1: I mean, we're... Uh, well, I think some of us are going to have that eventually, and who knows what the f- fuck is going to happen for the rest of everybody. <laughs> uh, I guess it'll be uploaded to a beige IBM.
2: <laughs> is that the
0: inside, inside color or outside color?
1: <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> just just why did they pick beige that must have been just the cheapest fucking plastic they could get
0: it's it's the color of of this used to be white but i smoke cigarettes in the house
1: yeah (laughs) it is such an awful color like and and there's nothing like you look back on that stuff and, and there's nothing like there's nothing retro cool about it. It's just like this is awful. This is like the mechanical equivalent of cubicles. We just made a technology that looks like a cubicle. It like blends in with that, all of that insanity. Um, I feel like
0: that color should be called stale cum.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that reminds me. There, there was. Uh, uh, I was listening to some story. Fuck, what was he talking about? Uh it was some actor he was talking about there's a movie he he uh he was working on where they they it was it all had to do with racial tension. So like they really wanted to make uh all the skin tones pop. So he's like they mixed up the specific color that they used in all the sets and like all of the all of the materials so that the skin tones would pop and they were like, and the name of that color was old man's dick.
0: <laughs> I want to see that on a paint square in Home Depot so bad.
2: <laughs>
0: just like oleander, oh, old man. Oh my, <laughs>
1: <laughs> honey, this one's about you. <laughs> you're so right. You're so right, but it's still come. <laughs> <laughs> tobacco stained teeth that's like the fucking colors. yeah yeah it just looks ill
0: (laughs) yeah oh they have this in jaundice now (laughs) (laughs) welcome to soapbox today we're talking about today we're talking about whatever the hell we want to talk about Probably something about the movie starring Nicolas
1: Cage as well. Which, uh, which any Nicolas Cage movie just opens up a greater, greater barrage of more Nicolas Cage movies. Like I don't think you can just sort of <laughs> no. I actually just look,
0: focus on. I looked yeah, over ahead.
1: the
0: I looked over the horizon and I was like, well, now, now for some reason, all I can see at the top of every hill is another Cage. Flick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot you could you could watch there, and a lot of it would be really fucking amazing.
0: This can just become
1: like a Nick Cage podcast. I don't think I can. I don't think I can allow that to happen because. <laughs> we can do side let's, stuff. <laughs> let's 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 uh, let's run next to the shark and not jump it. Let's just. Oh, I have. Uh,
0: I have a better idea. Yeah. This will be
1: the last.
0: The first and last free Nicolas Cage show you will ever hear from us. <laughs> if you want to hear the rest every single time we do a Nick Cage movie, it's going to be Patreon content.
1: <laughs>
0: we don't have a Patreon, but you'll see.
1: <laughs> I like this idea. <laughs> yeah. You want the yeah. premium shit? You want the good shit? You gotta say. Oh. Yeah, we watched, uh, Prisoners of Ghostland.
0: The Ghostland.
1: Prisoners of the Ghostland. And had you seen this before? We we you rec- you picked it.
0: Yeah, I watched it about a month ago, late at night when I was like, I should go to bed, but I'm not gonna. And mm. um, and this I, this feels
1: like that that's that's when you watch this movie.
0: It was an amazing experience. I <laughs> I, woke, I woke up the next day, going. Oh my God, I loved that, but I don't remember anything about
1: what happened. Well, okay, yeah, that's, it does, it does feel like, it feels like a dream. Like I, that's an overused thing, but this really does, because, well, the other way I was thinking about it is I was like, this is, this feels like a collage of six different genre movies that are sort of overlapping together. And I think there's like a bigger point that it reaches somewhere in there, but it's such, it's very, and the other thing is like, I realized this director, he did this series, I think it was either on, it might've been on Netflix called like Tokyo Vampire Hotel. Oh. Do you know it? I've not seen it, but I heard of it. Which is, it's, it's equally as like weird and preposterous. And also, there's a quality to that which is sim- which is similar to this movie, where it feels like he's just giving you like the f- second or third act of movies and just jamming it in. Like he's not really like setting stuff up; he's just like using. It feels like he's like borrowing stuff that already exists and and he's like shortcutting stuff, like shortcutting narrative, just to put <coughs> jam all this stuff together. <laughs> <clears throat> and um i think the i this is sort of i'd be curious what your thoughts on this are to me i think i think in a sense the movie the whole movie is an exorcism and what i think think it's exercising is um the, there's a thing with a particularly like japanese uh media where that idea of the atomic bomb still like permeates everything. Yeah. And I think in some ways he's like because because that, that's the whole relation to time is like I want to finally exercise us from this from being stuck on this. I I don't know. I don't know that that was just the that's what I started to feel at the towards the end of the movie because because there's the whole thing about time and being stuck and not w- willing to let it move forward um
0: yeah they were all holding it back but they were still wanting it to go
1: forward forward yeah
0: yeah it was like they were acting like it was stuck but they had a rope tied around it and they had a a whole line of people just holding it all day all the time so i yeah they didn't really explain that but i thought that was fantastic touch it's like oh you guys were just okay
1: (laughs) you're staying stuck you're not you're not trying to move on from this you're like (laughs) purposely staying stock, yeah. yeah and th- and then it's um i mean there's also there's also this weird like interrelation between japan and america in it too because it's it's got and that's the that's the like disjointed like it feels like six movies together because there's like there's like the samurai movie that's also permeated with the western town movie and then outside which, which... of
0: it is yeah that well that makes perfect sense to me like the that the whole Sergio or the whole like yeah the, um,
1: all the Sergio, westerns inspired yeah. by yeah yeah and in fact there's a moment in this that I think is a direct reference to the Magnificent Seven because I think at the end of that they're everybody's getting shot by a giant gallon gun And then in this, that that girl just randomly like it's just there on the side of the fucking sidewalk. She just starts blowing people away.
0: It's also also the the, like climax in the original Django.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Which is amazing. I love that movie. The coffin. (laughs) He's dragging
0: around it. I love anything where someone's dragging a coffin or a cross. (laughs) Especially if it turns into a weapon. Hello, Tri- <laughs> Hello
1: Trigon. <laughs> I've never seen Trigon. I'll have to check that out at some point.
0: Oh, it's it's goofy. Like it's very I, I haven't watched it in years, but I, I imagine it would be really fun and really weird to watch now. <laughs> <laughs> it's goofy, like it's like silly a lot of the time, but then the in-between stuff that is plot driven is like jaw-dropping for there it was for me. I don't know how uh-huh. it now
1: yes yeah, so well, sorry no no it's that it's funny because that's kind of this movie too although <laughs> i don't know if the plot stuff is that jaw-dropping but it is very like here's just weird stuff
0: Ah, uh, i thought okay so yeah. i didn't at all consider anything like i tend to make an exercise of not reading any political because everything is overly politicized and
2: yeah
0: and that's why there can't be transgression anymore because if you try to transgress then someone puts you in a political box and says oh you're this oh you're that Mm. you're just you're just one of them yeah you're just one of them you're not doing a thing you're never doing a thing you're just one of them um so what was i saying oh yeah so i didn't i didn't apply this in any way to like that experience, or try to think about that. Like it, things don't things don't naturally hit me that way anymore. They used to when I was younger, for some reason, but they don't anymore. So all I saw was a movie that I literally loved every single thing about. I I might even say that this like could become one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. Like I would go that far. <clears throat> um, especially upon the second watch through, I I just adore it. The, the choices that were made like having this this stark contrast between the the, the total sincerity that it seems like the, the film is taking itself with in certain moments. Um, mm-hmm. and the music like the the music and the stylization, there was just so much effort put into making it feel right. like you can tell that they fucked with it until it felt right. They got neon like signs from like circusy looking carnival stuff next to a wild west town. And then like things look like they're old and new, but it also it doesn't end up contrasting that bad like for some reason. And I think maybe because of those stories are so much alike, like the gunslinger and the samurai are so similar that combining them didn't feel weird to me. It felt like I know that this is an invention, but this feels like a real place. Mm -hmm. Um, This doesn't feel off. And I thought there was really something special about that to me, uh, because I I could sink into it then. But then the way that they would throw in, like, shtick, just like, like him peeling out in the car and then stopping and getting the out of riding, and riding, choosing to uh, ride the bike,
1: uh, myself, yeah,
0: just to be a badass. And then the other guy drives up to give him the car anyway. And there's no, there's no story in that scene at all. It's at all. Like, it's all just stylization. It's all just to, to make you feel like this it it has that vibe of like a, an '80s movie that that comes off cheesy but takes itself totally seriously on accident. Yeah, but it it's like a like a Point Break type feel, uh, like original Point Break that just like oh, and it's you're laughing but they're serious. But in this, it's it's like they blend together into something where it doesn't matter at all what the intention of the director was. Like you, I, it was like five minutes, ten minutes in, I stopped caring at all. And it was just like, I am just so thankful that all I'm going to do is enjoy this for what it is. Because it's, every second of it's enjoyable. And every time you think, like, you've gotten the feel of what's happening, the tone shifts. And, like, suddenly there's a crazy young Japanese girl just screaming, and everyone acts <laughs> like it's fucking normal.
2: Like,
0: uh, yeah, God. So many little touches I loved in this. Um, there were so many details that were just so impressive to me one of the times that he he grabs the girl and like puts the knife to her throat it's like uh, that what's it called uh, that like fancy steel that collectors of knives Damascus, Damascus, Damascus steel. Steel, like yeah I've never seen Damascus steel in a movie not once not <laughs> once and they're like that's yeah. true let's that's choose true that- Damascus steel because you know that if Nicolas Cage's character in this were a guy in an American town he would own like a case full of that shit <laughs> and they just something about that just felt so good that they cared enough to think that <coughs> detail out and
1: yeah well I mean I wouldn't be shocked if that was his knife like <laughs> Nicolas Cage showed up with that knife that is that feels like a thing he would do <laughs> <laughs> And even if it's not something he did, it still feels like a thing he would do.
0: <laughs> well, it's like the mythic kind of true for the, the mythic human that is Nicolas Cage. Nicolas
1: Cage. Yeah, so, so and, and, and that's the thing, is, is at this point in his career, it's always, you're always watching a movie with him, and it's always both his character and him as a person at the same time. Yeah. Like there's there's always there's always this kind of weird meta quality to it. But it's not ironic. That's right. the thing. Um it's it's like he's it's like he there, there's a greater project that is his life and his body of work that then this is all sort of like interwoven in. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I I you know honestly I think this would be I would probably like this more on a second watch because i i don't because there's these types of movies there's always this like what is this going to be there's always like that part of it It like makes
0: it causes you to be a little bit meta and
1: it takes uh, you out of yeah and it's seated and and it's like you and and this movie is so like jerking like shifting the gears all over the place place that that it's like what wait what what huh what what so i can imagine going like revisiting it it probably would be like more fun because there's no expectation of what it could or might be it's just what it is yeah. and to be honest like what's on screen is insane <laughs> like yeah. the, the which also I sort of imagined that like, oh, they found wherever they built that like a post-apocalyptic clock location, that was, that's probably was the heart of the movie. Like they found that somewhere and they're like, okay, we're going to build this entire thing around this because it's just, and and so that, okay, and, and it, that kind of connects into this other weird subgenre of movies that only happened in like the 80s and 90s which were these like straight to video sci-fi post post post-apocalyptic movies that were always like oh we have uh we have access to this abandoned concrete factory for a couple (laughs) of weeks so let's make a fucking movie um and that's really what that felt like at, at a very high level like I what's what they build and put in there is just I mean, it feels like a really awesome, like, uh, um, I don't know if you've ever seen like real, like crazy experimental theater and shit where they actually, they actually give people budgets. Like, that's what that feels like. It's just like, yeah. you, 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 let's have this guy that reads, I don't know, I don't know if it was Shakespeare, I don't know exactly what the fuck he was reading, but we're going to put him in a mobile office or office space that that's his that it's just like walks up and then they open it up to listen to him tell stories (laughs) and his whole purpose seems to be just about keeping them there yeah yeah
0: yeah oh man and the guy that the guy that says he's protecting the the girls by putting the stuff on that like covering them yeah fake skin Yeah. yeah like there's no indication that he's lying when he says it and then later you find out that he's just a creep (laughs) like that's fucked up like later you he's just like he's just like yeah you'll be mine forever and he puts the last piece on that girl's face that took the place of the other girl yeah yeah when she got rescued oh gross
1: (laughs) and there's all this all this weird symbolic thing where it's like build a shell around your trauma or make yourself fake so that you can survive in this world or something. There's like that that crazy aspect to it too. Because they're all like they're all like these like pasted together giant porcelain dolls, essentially. That he wraps them all in. <laughs> What's funny? I was like both that guy and there was some of the other other like um, american dudes in the in the uh that were dressed in old west attire where it's like i feel like i knew i hung out with all these guys at brooklyn parties <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> no i i'm pretty sure like the guy the first guy in the town in the town which was called samurai town i don't hmm. know if you noticed that that the actual name of the town in the film, they mentioned December. it towards the end. The, the, the town is called Samurai Town. Like I, <laughs> I clapped in the living room. I was like, yes <clears throat> Thank you. That is what it is. And that is all you need to call it for the purpose of this film. <laughs> like, <laughs> anything, you don't need to show off. You don't need to show off. It's already a Samurai town. That's cool enough.
2: <laughs>
0: I love that so much. But uh so the guy that was there with the cowboy hat um, mm-hmm. Who looked like a Brooklyn hipster? Yeah. Like, I swear I've met that guy in real life somehow. I, Same. I, I just, I saw him Same. and I'm like, what is, didn't I play a show with you? Like, <laughs> yeah. What? and I, I can't play i'm sure i just saw him in some other movie but like he looks like everybody i knew back in florida
1: <laughs> yeah no no 100% i'm same deal i'm like i fucking met this dude somewhere that's what it feels like i don't know <laughs> and then and then in the in the bombed out town the guy like tasting, you know you know trapping the the women in the in the plastic sh- plastic pieces, I'm like, oh, this is this guy's brother. I met yeah. both of these dude at the same fucking party. Yeah. He, he
0: was like re- he was like reverse Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to put extra skin on you <laughs> and keep you alive forever
1: and not eat you. <laughs> so that was the other funny thing, right? So there's Samurai Town and then there's the town that... Where Nicholas Cage robbed and killed. Well, he didn't actually kill the kid. His partner killed the kid. But that was also funny because they they almost were like villains out of a Hong Kong action movie, like a John Woo movie mm-hmm. or something. And they and they go to this town which is just like looks like historical Edo period Japan, and, and everybody's wearing masks. They look like they're wearing fox masks, Mm -hmm. which that's a thing too, right? Like a fox city, like where it's all fake. I I know there's part of like Japanese mythology, like where you can, you can, uh, where there's whole towns where it's actually foxes disguised and they're tricking you. Oh. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: It's not samurai town, it's Kitsune town.
1: yeah. And and so then so then they, they, but then they go inside this bank and the bank is like some weird super modern place. Yeah, that was the best.
2: Like everything
0: about that didn't fit with anything else in the movie, yeah. and it felt yeah. like you felt like you actually stumbled. It felt like you stumbled accidentally into another movie.
1: Yeah, like and just then, for that, this scene, and then we go back to the movie that you're actually watching. Actually, yeah, and and that's the thing is that like he. Nicolas Cage's character is that character in that movie, moving through these different genre movies, and that's what I mean. Like it's 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 like stitched together from all of these different genre pieces that are all sort of coexisting in this like weird, uh, liminal super state of of like genre movie. I don't know.
0: it actually does make me i i really get this the feeling that there's some kind of like embedded hyper sigil magic going on with it like that there's there's something that they're doing that's really important and personal and like that that actually means something about that yeah um but that i don't know that it, i get the feeling that it's something that's there but they wouldn't share with anyone <laughs> i don't know why that's just some you know uh pg random shit but like watching it it's just like mm. this this feels so careful and intentional and so many details in this were so well thought out that it just feels personal like there's there was something to that because i've seen a lot of you know I've seen films with genre shifting or like um tone shifting like that that's kind of dramatic but this one felt like there was something about it that was um particularly personally expressive some like, way.
1: Yeah, and it's it's the difference between that. I think between this movie and most others that kind of do that, where they're like smashing up a bunch of different stuff, is that those people try to blend things. Whereas this, it's like, mm-hmm. when I said like it's a collage, I meant like if it, there's like we cut pictures out of magazines, so there's hard lines between stuff. Like it's all coexisting, but. Um, it's maintaining its own internal integrity even like
0: well all of the things are where Japanese and American culture meet
1: yeah so
0: and they all revolve around the bomb
1: Mm, yeah yeah exactly
0: so that's I think the key it's this portrait of uh, the two cultures and the point where they converge at the most trauma and violence and and these spiraling um, like fractaling out um cultural like genres and and like you get the john Wu movie which is also the american action movie and they're almost inseparable the way that the american and the japanese cinema have always played on one another like yeah. there's there's so much um, consideration and respect there and like um yeah that's fascinating so it's it's kind of an homage to that relationship in some way but
1: oh 100 yeah
0: very interesting um so the people who are stuck are the people who are stuck in the trauma from that and the people that are free are the ones that are jumping between genres and experiencing all the things that were um built between the two after yeah so everyone yeah. that didn't get stuck from the trauma is living these rich, multifaceted, endlessly entertaining existences with all these different um, portals and, 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 and rule-breaking and transgression and all these things happening that um, aren't inside. Inside, it's just misery and masks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And deception and um, being afraid of the ghosts that are going to kill you except they don't kill anyone when they try to leave so
1: yeah they just make you dream or or hallucinate
0: yeah i mean unless everyone in there was already dead and the moment that the clock strikes is is the moment that the bomb goes off and it caused some kind of fracture in space time and all those ghosts were stuck in that moment because of the intensity of the blast so like souls stuck and then they had to like live through it again or something to to move on but but i don't know it gets blurry i don't i don't think it should be like even analyzed like i don't want to take a scalpel to this movie i just want to love it i,
1: I don't think i don't think you can like i think it's um i think all of it's uh all, all the interpretations of it would be that slippery yeah like it's it's suggesting a bunch of stuff but i don't think there's like I mean, you could probably write some sort of concrete analysis of it, but but I think it's more like hinting about, and yeah, I do think it is that relationship between like America and Japan and the way they've influenced each other. Um, and it's also funny because like the two, the two genres that influence each other the most, which are represented in this, which is the Western and the samurai film, are both these things from that are mythologizing their pasts before the bomb, right? Mm-hmm. Like the bomb, the bomb happens, and then out of that grows this this sort of like the cinema mythology that is a uh, a reconnection with their past before this incident, and then they and they cross pollinate in that way. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm saying with that, but it's it's just kind of fascinating.
0: It's really interesting. I, love, I fucking love this movie. Well, I really, really loved it. Like, I felt so good to see something where it was just like, man, I just, I just think all of that was great. Everything they did.
1: I um. I also. <laughs> <laughs> Some of Nicholas Cage's choices in this are so <laughs> fucking in- <laughs> um, like. So, so what's interesting about him as a, as an actor is that like his influences are so are much like this movie where he he does not draw lines; he just takes from anything. And he's he's frequently said that in addition to comic books, he's influenced by cartoons. In fact, his there was a, is famously, his, his Raising Arizona performance, he said, was entirely based on Woody Woodpecker. That's oh. the tattoo that's in the movie. And then there's, there's a great scene in this where he, like, <laughs> that bomb suit blows off one of his testicles. And then he <laughs> runs in this circle that looks totally like <laughs> some Looney Tunes character. <laughs> that is...
0: Oh, there's some really good stuff from him in this. The reactions and the faces he makes where he's he's being seemingly totally earnest, but it's also hilarious. And and I'm like wrapped in emotion and I'm also laughing hysterically. It's at the same time and neither emotion suffers from the other. They can just exist together in, in Nicolas Cage's Eden.
1: <laughs> acting. Yeah. Yeah, I love that there's that whole close-up monologue he gives where he's just, like, insanely wide-eyed the entire time, where he's, like, talking. Yeah. His-
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted to bring up a couple things. Okay, I want to I want you to tell the story about him when he was a kid, but mm. first, uh, I want to say, how great was it that the governor delivered his own version of Aguirre's speech?
1: Did you catch that? I didn't even think about it, but yeah, you're right.
0: It was like the first two lines were verbatim, and then he went off the rails. Like, he was like, Because of me, birds will drop from the the trees. He says that. that Oh, that must
1: be fucking deliberate.
0: That has to be deliberate. Oh, it is. It is. It absolutely is like a tip of the hat, somehow. Like, that this, it's just like this guy represents that kind of asshole, I guess. But, uh,
1: well, well, he, he, he is like, the Imperialist arm of America, right? And like, there's there's a whole scene where he's just throwing money around. No, he says literally, "Bring me America." It's a bag of cash. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) He throws it all. And he just gives it to the people.
1: (laughs) Make it rain.
0: Make it rain.
1: (laughs) Um. No, so the the <laughs> the story that you're referring to was I read I think it was a Playboy interview he gave a really long time ago. Um, and it was about his like first attempt at acting and what he what he did, is he was he was riding the bus to school and he was getting bullied by this one asshole on there every day. So he decided that uh, the that night he decided what he was gonna do. And so what he what he what he did is he got a pair of cowboy boots, a cowboy hat, mirror sunglasses, and wore that with like jeans and a like white t-shirt. And he got on the bus the next day and he went right up to the bully and was like, I'm Nick's cousin from Texas, and if you keep fucking with him, I'm gonna beat the ever-loving shit out of you. <laughs> And it worked. The boy left him alone. Now the question, I, which is like amazing, it's heroic.
0: <laughs> and it—it's it, like, yeah. How do you how do you ever how do you ever do anything but act after that? Because you've just discovered the power to save yourself to get yourself out of this situation. She-
1: so you 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 changed reality. Yeah, you completely changed reality by changing yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It did. It affected reality on a permanent level and made it better for him. Like he he did magic, which I think he may just be
1: like he may
0: actually be one of the few actors that is truly
1: in service to the movies. Oh like, yeah, I would I would I would completely concur with you on that.
0: Like, he, he goes with the wind, like he just, he lets things overtake him, and he lets, lets things happen the way they happen, and it, there's it, there seems like there's not this, there's not, like, a maniacal control over it, which, if you have, like, there, those kinds of, there are times where you see him act, even if it's, even if it's, like, wrong for the, the scene, like, if, if it just doesn't work, it's still, like, somehow it's inspired it's just not what like we were looking for from our context, but like something's going on there sometimes where I truly think he's doing like partial possession uh, and it might not always be the, the correct role. If that makes Mm.
1: sense. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, there was a while back where there was a, uh, you know, you know, the Reddit AMAs where they have someone come on and they, they Reddit throws questions at them and I was so there's one with Ethan Hawke, and someone asked Ethan Hawke about Nicolas Cage, and Nicolas Cage was like, he's brilliant, and he's tapping into a type of acting that is like pre-Hollywood, Commedia dell'arte, like something else entirely.
0: Ethan Hawke said uh, that about Nicolas Cage? Yes. See, that's, that's cool, because uh, I feel like Ethan Hawke is pretty underrated, to be honest. And oh, I actually, yeah, he, he, I really like him
1: a lot. He, he's, he's definitely done some really interesting movies, uh, most recently Northmen, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but that just, yeah, it's like it's like Nicolas Cage is, his whole thing is like wild archetypes or something. Yeah, um, yeah there, I, there's
0: something very primal about, about what he does. It,
1: and I think he's even called it like neo-shamanism or something. He's he's actually referred to it as that. Oh, well then he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> but I, I'm trying to remember if that was directly in relation to him p- performing in Ghost Rider. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh, wow. <laughs> and that's my other, other favorite part about him is that is that he is like He's beyond reproach. He'll just he'll just be in anything. He doesn't care. And that's all that's what makes him amazing.
0: And that's invincibility.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. He's, got, he's got a lot of kongrapan. <laughs> I think that's a
1: good
0: Kangrapan? Kang Kangrapan.
1: I don't speak Thai. Yet. Yet. There is that. There is that. That really like, like it's like um, striking a, a bell or that ing, that like ringing that, that is in some of the words.
0: Yeah, uh, that like forcing the the sound up through your nose instead of your mouth. Yeah, I I enjoy it. Like I, after um, you know, my, my Danish is coming along pretty slowly, but. <laughs> After like getting used to the way things, certain things are said, it's uh, it's not that weird to try something that's that that far from English because it's like it's already like that barrier's been broken,
1: broken. Yeah, isn't Danish supposed to be really hard to learn?
0: Isn't it? It's yeah, it's going to continue to be really hard to learn for a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but I get now that I actually get my um, residency card, I can go take free classes so I can actually... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, in person, which um, before I tried to take classes here and they, you know, went back into COVID stuff. So uh, didn't didn't want to do it <clears throat> online. I was like, I'll just do the app.
1: <laughs> it, it's, it, it's actually, um, are there, I'm wondering, are there... Like, what is the, what are the differences in how you're using okay because much like we were just talking about like there's that that kind of ringing like the mm, the like nasally kind of thing i remember talking to someone who like uh who like was like kind of teaching me like some arabic words Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: it's like like one of the things they do is that is that you really go way deep in the throat Ah. like almost like like down to where your jugular notch is like it's it's like really like based in there um and so it's it's fascinating how all these languages will like it's completely different facial structures like you're using it in such different ways your voice in such different ways mm. um and uh yeah. i don't know if, i don't know if danish has stuff that's like that oh
0: yeah i mean so english and spanish i feel like are really Granted, that i can't like can't speak spanish they just seem like they're they're ones they're languages you can speak kind of from your throat like you can kind of just like you can gonna talk up here but mm-hmm. like you cannot speak danish like that <clears throat> um like but my wife's voice is a little bit lower when she speaks danish because it's you're controlling you have to control your diaphragm because there's a lot of um yeah, yeah, I don't know how to explain. But like, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of really st- hard stuff to learn. There's a lot more vowels, for one. Mm. <laughs> like uh, like a Y is a U, like with your tongue against the back of your bottom teeth, and your mouth almost closed. And then like an O is with your tongue all the way back, and an O made with your mouth, and it's O.
1: Mm. Like, OK.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, but then okay. there's the, the
0: yeah, oh, okay, 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 <laughs> okay, uh, and then the O with a line through it is like a U, uh. and if you say O instead of U, uh, no one knows what the fuck you're talking about,
2: hmm. like the That's vowels specific. are very yeah. specific with the vowels,
0: and you have to hit them right or people don't understand, and then from village to village, there's different dialects because people don't move often. Oh. So you could go from one end of the country to the other, and Danes won't understand Danes sometimes. So. Uh, wow! Yeah, not not the easiest language. Uh, like like, and then there's the silent D, the ever um, frustrating for some silent D. I've pretty much gotten the hang of it at this point, but it's like, a, or it's a soft D. Excuse me. Um, so instead of a duh, anytime a D is anywhere at all, except the beginning of a word, it's uh, like, you don't say duh, you put your tongue to the back of your bottom teeth. So like, mm, food is M-A-D, uh-huh. and it's meh. It's, it's not an L, it's not a D, it's meh. meh. Mel.
2: Nah. Mel. Mel. you, you mel. have to
0: like you have to push your tongue forward and into your back teeth as you say like mel. Nah. and it's so it's so subtle like until you learn to hear it and then you can hear it but yeah i mean it's just like it's very very different <laughs> it's very different this is, might not be that entertaining for the guests i don't know maybe it's hilarious
1: well, but, well, no, because I, I think basically what it is is that is that Nicholas Cage is the Danish of actors because he's he's got more vowels and
0: sounds than everybody else. That's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> However, they are
0: used in free form rather than. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, he's he's like I, I I will go into all those territories that no one's using, and I will just fucking explore them and use them all <laughs> man
0: now i really want to see that uh i want to see ethan hawk uh talk about how he's doing like pre-film acting and like primal stuff like because that's that's what i feel from it it's just he's pulling from something real but it's it's not like anything that most people can understand or like it's not on most people's radar and it seems kind of random almost like like a trickster selects what what he's going to channel in any (laughs) game yeah well
1: then it's it's also like what it's that but plus the director right because the director is also because who knows how many takes is doing of this stuff and so the director is like shoot like selecting is also helping shape that performance in a weird way too so like
2: Mm-hmm. which is just
1: yeah. ca- crazy to think about. And he, he has this, he has range where he'll be very grounded in other things. And, um, well, I don't know if grounded is the right word. <laughs> that, w- let's say, quote unquote, real, like some will feel more real or like i guess traditional than others like you the context makes a little more sense um oh he's there's a great actually oh it's a Werner herzog movie have you ever seen uh uh, yes
0: i i did for during a very dark time in my life where like it didn't hit like it was supposed to because like he went to go smoke crack, and I was just like, "Good idea. I'm going to do that too."
1: <laughs> oh no! Okay.
0: <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, yeah. This I don't think this movie's made for me at this time in my life.
1: Oh, did you ever finish it then?
0: I, I don't know if it matters. I don't know okay. if I did, but I, I yeah, but I, I want to. I've i kind of been saving it because at this point it wouldn't bother me to like watch something like that at all.
1: Uh, Maybe we should save talking about it then, because I because. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a Herzog and it's a Cage. We're cage gonna movie. do an episode on it. Yeah. <laughs> those are two forces of nature that I respect and work with regularly as a magician.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're. They're. It's. Yeah. It. It. It creates a really unique thing for sure. Um, yeah. But Herzog. I mean, I, I, that's that's all Nicolas Cage.
0: <laughs> for once, Herzog, you know. It was probably just like, I'm just going to kind of like let this happen anyway. (laughs) Like, I don't care. I imagine he probably didn't even. Yeah, it was probably just like, we're just going to kind of roll the cameras. We'll edit it together later. (laughs) I'm I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't. But like, I could see that. That, I mean, you can make an amazing movie like that. You just let someone like Nicolas Cage go off and give them like it's a basic character and like a situation kind of. And, and later you just put it together in yeah. the right order, like a puzzle. And, and I would think really of editing, uh, you never really know how much of the work was the editor. Like, or how much yeah. they saved or ruined a movie. Uh, I mean, you can tell when it's bad editing, but I mean, sometimes it's like, sometimes a movie that seems bad is because the editor didn't quite get what the style points were supposed to be and somehow it got passed through you know
1: there's so famously famously uh, the editor that um, this, I can't remember her name unfortunately but she was married to George Lucas and she edited I'm pretty sure she edited both the original Star Wars and Jaws and Jaws apparently was a fucking mess and the editor saved it And a similar thing with Star Wars, like, like, you know, it all, you know, it all, everyone talks about George Lucas, but he had people around him that really helped shape and make that thing special. And one of them was her, like, cause he, I think he has a tendency to like drift off into technical land uh, where she, she was like, this is the, what's the emotional heart of any of this stuff? And that's how she edited. Um, and actually, there's sort of this, this thing. Um,
0: this is like a writer-wait like situation.
1: Yeah. Or it Wade, really Smith,
0: is. Wade Smith situation, I mean. Like, yeah, this is Pamela Coleman-Swift, writer-wait, <laughs> just probably more sexism going on.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> well, there, there's a thing in, in in Hollywood that I've heard where it's like the best editors are usually women. And um, uh, famous like uh, Quentin Tarantino had a had this editor that he used all the time is the same deal. She worked on his movies, and I think also on Martin Scorsese's. Mm. Um, and I the 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 reasoning that people give is that there's editing is very much about like using the film to express the emotion, like putting the stuff together and juxtap- juxtaposing. So there's yeah. this that idea that women have a better innate sense of that so that they, they're better at putting, assembling this stuff together and like taking the <laughs> raw material and actually extracting and expressing what is what is the emotional content of that.
0: Um, well, that's an interesting I, uh, masculine feminine point there because the director's going around and pointing intentions everywhere. And- yeah and being that active running around like uh that directing force and then <clears throat> once it's all there someone has to sit back take it all in and yeah yeah so that's a more feminine task um like if we're talking yin-yang stuff
1: yeah yeah it is It is, well and it's funny because it doesn't i've heard i've heard many times it's that sometimes you don't even know what you've made until you actually start editing it yeah like you can have an idea, but but once you start to put it together, it's like, oh, it, this is a completely different thing than I thought I was making.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, the the director gets all of this um, all of this credit, but like a real like an editor can make or break a thing. Yeah. I mean, but that's kind of true of everything in fucking filmmaking. It's like, yeah. There's
0: there's just so many points where there could be like a. a a failure, a weak link to just kind of like uh, throw the whole thing out of out of a whack. And I don't even mean like, like I, I think the, the best things sometimes are the stuff that doesn't end up the way it's intended anyway. So it's not like, it's not that necessarily, I guess. It's-
1: yeah, I there's always, I think there's always a, a thing with the creative process where it's like, you have to be willing to let you can't, you can't strong arm control it the whole way. Otherwise, you will kill it.
0: Yeah, you like can't you have like to let it create a Frankenstein monster and then,
1: like, make it do
0: dishes. Like, it's a, <laughs> fucking, you gave it life, bro.
1: Yeah, so you have to let it live, and you have to be yeah. in conversation with it. And yeah, I think this is a point I've probably made on every single one of these podcasts.
0: Yeah, well. It's a point that I think needs to be made over and over and over again, even for ourselves. Um, because it's, it's something, it's a framework we didn't have for part of our lives that we should have. So there's like a certain degree of like catching up or, or normalizing. So I think like bringing those things up over and over again is important. And I imagine if like we have to do that, even though we've been at it for years. Like there are people that are newer, that are newer. Yeah, that it's probably helpful, you know. And I'm sure anybody that's still listening to the show is probably in that camp. I can't, I can't imagine anyone keeps listening to this if they don't understand any of the magic stuff we talk about. (laughs) Except for maybe like an old friend or something, you know. I don't know. Maybe an episode here there just to be like, "What's Brian been doing?" Oh, uh, I don't know how I feel about this.
1: There could be just one person that's like, I fucking hate these kooks. I I just got to get more ammo for how much I hate them.
0: I mean, that's a mark of like, you know, you're starting to make it right.
1: (laughs) That that's the explicit content part. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: that's the tipper gore. We need a tipper gore.
0: (laughs) We need we definitely need more drama on the show. Like, if anybody hates (laughs) us, feel free to write in. We'll read it out loud. Uh, Uh. yeah, ReverendJangleBones at gmail.com. Send me an email. <laughs> send me an email. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and also I wanted want to bring up the drama about, because that's like high drama. Like you got your mic like a month and a half ago now and uh, you've used it like once because it just keeps working out that, that like either like your wife's sleeping or you're in Georgia <laughs> <laughs> or like yeah it's just amazing it's amazing and you you've used it like one time it's, this, it's an epic romance like this is this is like what is that like is it the English patient like or no this is a very long engagement that's what this I, is
1: uh, <laughs> I, I view it as, as almost, like Tristan and his soul like where I can't <laughs> Like, the king has my my love, but I can't, I can't. I have to go, I have to go fucking canoodle with it under a bridge somewhere.
0: And in this, in this case, the the king is your wife, who's, like, asleep. (laughs) The tyrant is just, like, this this peaceful lady.
1: Peaceful lady. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, god like fucking night shifts are terrible they ruin everything I think
0: just just jobs ruin everything that's Regu- true regular jobs like working for other people
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah. by the way are you picking up the air conditioner in the background
0: yeah it's negligible if it's there I don't care
1: Okay, I don't. I can't hear it. <clears throat> I had to move rooms because I was <laughs> I was podcasting in the bathroom, and then my wife needed to use the bathroom, so I had to switch rooms. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh, this she's, pod, she's up.
0: She's up. You can use your mic. She's <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a pain in the ass. <laughs> Set it all up now. oh but that's okay it'll make it sweeter once i'm uh once i'm once i'm able to return (laughs) return to my long-lost love
0: i don't really even know what to talk about after the movie because like all i've been doing is studying Thai occultism for like a month and a half or something. <laughs> Obsessed and like trying to understand their systems and and how it all fits together and like what we have uh, analogs of those things for in the West already that we could kind of cobble together and what we're not, what we don't have, like the lineage magics that they actually use to like cohere the stuff. And yeah, that's like all I've been fucking thinking about for like.
1: Do you think the is the is the lineage of it? Because that's the thing. I so there's like monks, and then they're the ajarns are sorcerers, right? That's a, they're different than the monks. Well,
0: yes, they're different, but they're they're not thought of as sorcerers. They're ajarn just means teacher. Okay. Um, but most of them become monks first because it's basically free training. Mm. um because you you inevitably get magic powers like by doing monk training like you essentially just anyone gets magic powers if they have discipline and use use their mind like a gymnasium Uh, and then they Mm. they leave and the monks know that this happens and they're just cool with it and like they work with them and everything so but like technically there's There's not magic in Buddhism because it's distraction,
2: distraction
0: from enlightenment. But um, but the lersi uh Rusi or Rishi. uh, they're all well, I guess the Rishi are like the the Vedic equivalent or um, analog. but they they came before the Buddha, and the Buddha even like consulted them on his path. And then later. They ended up consulting with him, but mm. but they were just like these wandering monks, uh, ascetic nature monks who just wandered around in the wilderness and knew mad knew like really powerful magic, and they they're deified and there's basically an infinite number of them, and very little is known about them in, in our world in. in um, but like so, there's this this interesting thing where magic existed in these ways in Thailand before Buddhism came there. So Buddhism came, and then it all intermingled, but the original still exists, and they coexist and cooperate. Uh,
1: that's that's amazing. Like, it's mind it's mind blowing. Um, I mean, because like like if i was to be one of these people in a western context it would be like i go and join an orthodox monastery for like 3 years and then i'm like okay i'm going to stop cuz i got to go i want to go summon demons and then the yeah. fucking monks would be like oh cool
0: no no that's- not only, not only cool but then you see them at events and ceremonies and things where both meet up sometimes and you also have relations with them where you trade materia and they actually help you your magic by giving you holy dirts and bits of broken buddha statues and there's like an actual cooperation and the ajarns like you would think so i i I like to think of it as the equivalent of like going to a mega church and getting your like if they had magical training or going and becoming a like a Catholic priest for a few years them knowing that you're just doing it for the credentials and for the the ritual training and and like learning the prayers and and stuff and how to make holy water and all these things so you can go be a better witch yeah and then being cool with that and supportive um because it's it's your deal right because that's the nature of buddhism they're like well it's it's your life like that's your path it's not it's not our job to like police that it's just we just think this way is the right way. Way, yeah. Which is how Christians are supposed to be. Yeah. So like imagine, imagine
1: a if, world where that's yeah.
0: Yeah. Like that, we could have that, but we fucked it up. Um <clears throat> but also if we had that in the in, in the West, we would have. I keep saying every time I say West, I cringe because it's like the Northwest. It's the white people in the northwest mm. of the world, um, mostly. But uh, they would be cursing each other, like yeah. like people are on Twitter, right? Yeah. But the Ajarns don't do that because they prosper when they work together. They have like a code of conduct where they they all work together and they all share materia. So like. Like, the talisman I'm wearing right now is the most potent thing I've ever had, like, touched, encountered in my life, like, ever, and there's no necromantic material in it. It's just holy plants that were ritually grown and harvested, like, prayed over and, and, you know, katas and mantras over them their whole lives, viled together. Uh, with astrological time incorrect at every step of the way with, you know, all these different dirts from te- from various temples and all this stuff compiled, prayed over just endlessly ritualized and endlessly holy like poured into this. But this thing couldn't exist in the West because our people don't, for one, have that kind of dedication and time because they don't have the infrastructure to support a spiritual way of life as it's it's just not there we have you're a monk and you you just do you can do like orthodox things or you can give fuck right like <laughs> yeah um, uh, but also because you don't have the cooperation as a tenant as something that's instilled and in place in the system so this item can't exist because i don't I don't know that many people that have this powerful of materia to source, to trade with me for stuff that I have that's useful to them so that yeah. I can have something that because I don't, you know, the Ajarans don't have the time to go collect all of this stuff themselves. They, they couldn't make these items of such potency without that network and that mutual relation and and I'll be damn, like that to me is I, I, like everything, are, it's like so many things that I've complained about my whole life, about the world. For one, magic not being real to everyone, um, and it not being like, because it, it's kind of like in Thailand, they they think if something's going to help you, you're a fool to turn it down. Um, and that, that's more, it seems, from from what I'm gathering, it seems like that's more of a Thai symptom than, you know, it's definitely not a, a Buddhist one, right? So, but that's that's why there's this cultural "say yes to magic" thing there. But there's still the reverence for Buddhism because the Buddhism is an oppressive. It's not looking down on anyone or trying to like ostracize anyone for doing the magic. They just leave them the fuck alone, and then everybody gets along. And it's
1: yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I guess it's not seen as competition that's the that's the really like what you're saying like they're they're interwoven together and that's like i think you could you could like you could do this here but you would have to be sneaky about it
2: Mm.
0: well and 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 how are you how are you going to get like what what material are you going to use that's that potent how many sites are maintained spiritually, like a monastery, like like a, you know, a, a wat or a monastery?
1: I- yeah, I mean the, the things I think about are like there's like the, tra- isn't it Trappist monks that'll like raise honey? They'll raise their own bees. They'll create honey. Like you oh. could, you could. That's the th- I'm I'm thinking like that might be the closest we could get, mm-hmm. where it's like they they're making stuff to support their monastery yeah uh, and uh, but, yeah and it i don't know that it'll have the same potency but yeah. like that might be that might be an option because i like i I've, I've often gone into places where i know there was a place in paris i wandered into once that was like this is all from this specific monastery like these candles and waxes and soaps and like all this stuff like they make it there hmm. um so I would imagine that would have some quality of this, but probably I don't know that it would have the same intensity. Yeah. Uh, it seems more like I'm going to have to find a, a, a shifty priest that's willing to sneak me shit. Well, like, <laughs> there's
0: there's the option of that. Like potentially um, you could get a priest to hide some things like up near where they preach from yeah where they do do the blessings and everything and leave it you know hidden just under something for like a year and then fetch Jesus. it and it's just mm. sat in all those masses and um oh wow yeah collected all those blessings right so like there's there's ways you could think of it or um using place and like if you find a place that is still maintained in some way like if it's A church that's historical and people still frequent it a lot and it's got really good vibes um maybe look into what happened there before like in europe there might be ways to like find some of them were you know holy before christians were there so there's something inherent about it that's like it's always been that way so that's going to be some potent shit yeah Uh, it just like is potent there um So there's that kind of stuff, but there's, there's also, um, there's also just, if you're good at listening, exploring enough to find say the right crossroads, you know, like, like, don't just go fucking to the one that, that you know of that's close and convenient and buy dirt for your spell, but find the absolute one, like the creepiest, just like the crossroadsiest crossroads where everything's gnarled and feels a little bit thicker when you walk it um, and just be like really selective and, and really cognizant about about what's going on and, and where you're kind of being led but that's i find that that kind of stuff is almost always left out of ritual instruction in books and things like that and um and a lot of time in classes too like people don't really seem to want to go very deep with explaining those inner that inner stuff it's like a do the thing perform the action and i I think that's starting to change i think there's more and more people kind of going into like we need to actually talk about specifics and nuance because ritual isn't as as simple as following check boxes
1: yeah and i'm I'm wondering if if some of that was just an artifact of like endless armchair people (laughs) yeah like i'm just I'm just repeating a thing that I read this other place like I haven't actually done this and the dryness of
0: 19th century stuff like the dryness of all the 19th and 18th century occultists or 19th and
1: 20th yeah where everything had to be like some Byzantine structured ritual that takes fucking for yeah
0: well and and the way it's written out too um, just kind of dry and do this just do that you get back into medieval stuff and it it's it's more flowery and it's more like religious more religiosity in it so i just feel like there's more to like grasp there and more more style mm-hmm. it's more stylized like there's more to get into
1: <laughs> yeah and, and it's funny too because it feels like like if i remember this correctly and correct me if i'm wrong like there's there was this whole idea of like all the grimoires were were sort of carried through time by monks like scribes right um and they were often the ones that practiced this shit or played with it so right there was this point where it feels like it it what's going on in thailand could have happened possibly Like, it could have developed out of that, but it just, um, I guess, I don't know if it just got suppressed again or what.
0: Um. Well, it's definitely, uh, I I don't think magic is something the state wants you to know about or have, like, Mm. it's not like ideal for, you know, the deep state for you to know that this stuff is real because it's there's there there are always options to kind of break out of your own cycles and habits and uh, your own algorithms so like essentially doing magic makes you divergent (laughs) like uh an outstanding factor that could topple the whole system (laughs) like if you look at it that way yeah And, and i don't think it's like super big priority for anybody uh in charge or any or in power or anything like that but but i do think it's there's like a general sort of yeah i definitely think there's a materialist conspiracy to like keep everyone believing in physical reality being
1: all reality well physical yeah well it being their particular view of physical reality being all reality
0: yeah, I think that that's that. There's yeah. definitely like there, there's an a long and continuous op, and it, it's it's self-propelled, but it's also helped along. It's like at some point it became self-propelled. Uh, it happened naturally, right? That, or something happened and we got the idea that this was the case, and discarded the rest. And we've always looked at the rest. We seem to like look at look at anything spiritual as being. There's this like academic idea that anything spiritual is laughable
1: nonsense. It's yeah, it's more
0: primitive. It's more primitive, basically.
1: Well, it's also. Um, I remember reading ages ago, like, uh, magic will ruin your life or blow up your life, and that's a feature, not a bug. I think Gordon said that, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's in Chaos Chronicles
1: um and it's like oh yeah i i get totally what that means now because you 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 get ejected from that materials reality and like suddenly everything starts to everything that was old and before starts to crumble um and that is actually a good thing but it is kind of scary at first dramatic yeah Mm -hmm.
0: but yeah then then everything that was old is new again
1: and everything comes to life in a way that it's that it never was before the the our condom is broken
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i love i love like I love the experiences that, that just break you, that, that you don't come back from. It's like a the rational mind has nothing. Like, it's just like, no, nope, I can't. No matter how hard I try, I can't make rational sense of this experience that happened. Like getting something in a trance and then finding out it's confirming in real life that it's true or like, you know... Um, <laughs> like a like a tarot spread saving your life potentially, mm. like that that happened. We uh, we didn't go to a wedding, and the guy that we decided not to go because we had a bad feeling. And I threw cards, and I was like, "This says we get hurt. So this is that things go bad." Mm-hmm. And there's there's movement and it looks like a car accident to me. And I was like, I feel really weird saying this because I don't want to skip out on someone's fucking wedding because of a tarot spread or it was playing cards. But um, and I was like, we can do whatever you want with this information. I'm, just, but I have to be like honest with you about what I'm reading since you asked me to look at mm-hmm. it. And. And we didn't go and the guy that was going to pick us up from the bus station and drive us 45 minutes to the wedding had a heart attack that morning at the time that we would have been driving mm. like the guy that would have been driving us had a heart attack at the time that we would have been in the car with him the next day and we didn't go so he was home and the ambulance came and got him and we didn't go off the road
1: so it, it ended up basically saving three people. Potentially. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, that was six months ago. Um and it's just like that's just a recent one, but like the things like that where you just you go, well, okay. <laughs> You can't, yeah, they, you can't weasel out of that and go back to like, yeah. none of this is real. Like you can't do that. That's ungrateful. And at that, in that case, you like spitting on the spirits that did that card that, that helped you with that reading that read that situation that are helping you to avoid that danger. Like if, if you don't honor them by believing in them after that, that's, eh, I don't know. Like, maybe they don't, maybe they're not as quick to help you next time. Maybe they are. But maybe they're not if you can't see it you don't know how it works but you know it's real it's like maybe maybe just give them the respect of existing
1: existing yeah it's what and that i mean that throws into the whole like not only trust like tr- trusting that that it's a real quote unquote real thing but then also that idea of uh cultures that believe in magic get better results yeah yeah right or like so, how in,
0: in ancient egypt you didn't even need to like summon Heka because like the magic god because there was there was like a, a point in time where maybe it wasn't ancient maybe it was closer to hellenic but um i don't not a historian or a doctor um but there was a how time dare where, you like,
1: don't get your your dynasties <laughs> of egypt correct you fucking failure
0: a major in, in, in bird law, <laughs> um, always bird law, uh, but no, they, they, they didn't have to conjure the god of magic because it was everywhere all the time, like it just existed, like hmm. all the time, it was just present because so many people were doing magic all the time and invoking it all the time, like there was something I read about it being like there was accounts of magic was so thick that the god of magic didn't need to be summoned.
1: Oh, that's fascinating! Uh, wow. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's so it's like that. That's that's the kind of the same thing. It's just the extreme version of it, right? Like, if if everyone in the culture believes in it, they're creating a field of like allowance for possibility. Um, because one thing that no one can weasel out of is it's lab proven that, like, um, in many different ways, not just with light being particle or wave, but that observation affects reality physical reality or at least the perception even of others um, and there's yeah so that's yeah. I just I just don't think there's any way to really be so happy I just think it's kind of obvious I lost my train of thought
1: and I'm trying to cover for it but that, so. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's like the, um, that's the field of the weave, as I think of it, like the, the, that belief makes the interconnectedness stronger. So that means there's more, there's more space for this stuff to travel through and happen. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the whole like electric, uh, wireless electricity idea. Um, if all this stuff is moving through the air, then like you can just like harness it. Or moving through the earth already, then you can find a way to harness it. Um, so if all these radio waves of belief, let's say, are vibrating out, um, everyone is allowing for because that's what it is. All this stuff is possible. It's just that if you close it off, you can kind of like, you can kind of turn off the spigot and you're no longer creating this meshwork of possibility. Uh, it's almost like through, through creating the medium, um, things are allowed to, to occur. But yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a real struggle to know this shit's real and be around a bunch of people who don't think it is. Because yeah. You can slip. Like there, I really do feel like there is a spirit of materialism, and like there have been times where I've like slipped into like, I don't know. I haven't really gotten the results that I expected. A few times in a row, I haven't really gotten res- the results I wanted or anything. So maybe, and like, I'll start to kind of feel like this. Maybe it's not that real. i know spirits are real but maybe like what i'm doing isn't actually affecting anything when i do stuff and then that's the time when like something will drop and i'll be like oh my god this was this was a thing that i did and then these are the positive results and then (laughs) um and get like several sinks in a row that just make it undeniable yeah it's like a slap in the face it's like a we're gonna let you go back to almost regression into a materialist view and then we're gonna pull you out so there's this like tearing feeling of the the like contrast of being pulled from one end to the other like going from you know the ocean in the winter into a sauna and vice versa um so you remember it so you really Mm. feel feel that and you're like oh man like i got my ass handed to me because i forgot and there's this like loving harshness to that. I think uh, that that has helped me. Um, yeah.
1: Have you ever done it on purpose? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna believe I'm gonna become a materialist just for a couple hours, just so that I can get that.
2: Oh no. That. <laughs> no, like I
0: I I think like for me materialism is hell. Mm. And that's from a very young age. Like even though my parents were Christian and believed that spirits were real, it was like I couldn't talk about the experiences because I was afraid they'd think I was evil. So, or there was something wrong with me. So, they didn't think there could be good spirits that would interact with you. There was this weird like, if something talks to you, it's it's bad. But I did I only yeah. had bad. I only had bad things. And I was afraid to talk about that and uh, to my parents, but literally everyone else like growing up and getting it it seemed like most people didn't really believe in that stuff. Um, or if they did, I felt like it was in a way that was like <laughs> it, it wasn't the same. It wasn't like like I, I, I really identified with the <laughs> the Bill Hicks thing. Where he's like fucking going to A, man, and like, like it's really hard for me, you know. So I hear some guys they're like, Oh, I just missed the taste of gin, man. I just <laughs> and he's like, fuck you, I've been on a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw I saw a UFO split the sky like a sheet, and they took me on board, and like he just goes off and he's screaming and <laughs> And that's kind of how I felt when I was a teenager and other people would be like, yeah, man, this creepy thing happened to me. And I'd just be like, I used to get dragged out of my bed by the ankles by a thing with glowing orange eyes. Fuck you. I I don't care about your like sheet blowing in the air conditioner that's like folded funny in your closet in (laughs) nightlight." fuck off (laughs) and I guess I did have a few friends that had really weird shit happen to them too and I had some weird shit happen with me and my cousins and other weird friends and or (laughs) weird shit with other friends and my cousins and um, but I had some shared experiences like that but in, in, in a lot of those cases I feel like I'd go back and try to like communicate or like touch base with those people about those experiences later and there would be like this refusal to recognize it or talk about it, um, or they would downplay it and be like, "Well, we were we were younger, you know."
1: Um, oh, as if that somehow like you your imagination took it over some shit like that kind of thing.
0: I, yeah, and I basically in every case I'm just like, "Well, I don't have that kind of amnesia. Like, I remember the things that are really visceral. I remember yeah. them. Like, that's a, a thing of ADHD is you don't remember shit unless it matters or it's emotionally impactful, and so." Uh, like if it if it if you care about it and you don't have any control over that so like the the impact of something like that doesn't leave you the memory doesn't leave you you remember it exactly like pretty much exactly as you experienced it um because you don't want it to be something else you want to understand it (laughs) like that's that's the feeling Mm -hmm. that i always got when i was afraid i I don't want to talk myself out of it i want to dig to the bottom and, and like know it I want to know the darkness, so I don't have to fear the darkness. Um.
1: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But, the, there's, but people there's a, down. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I it, it makes me think of like how there's all this. There's all, seems to be there's all this effort to try to make it s- seem like our memories don't are all false like i that's a thing that's come up popular discourse that like memory is a fluid thing that then like so it's none of it's you're not there's no reality to it or something or or it it doesn't
0: i feel like npr has a whole show on that every week
1: yeah like it's just and and it at this point, it just I'm I'm com- deeply suspicious of it, and I feel like I feel like it's just people trying to tell you that to not trust yourself. Yeah, is what yeah. it really boils down to. Me, to it's de- to, to deferring
0: me. deferring the authority of um, like who has the authority over what a genuine experience of reality is deferring yeah. that to to someone else and getting you to agree to outsourcing that that and, yeah and that's that's part of like what so that's the priest class that's that's the the priests that spoke latin when the the lay people did not and no one else was allowed to read the bible no one even understood latin mass but they still had to go mm. because they were afraid of the fucking church or even if they were religious then that's kind of worse because then they're blocked from that scripture and the things that they they weren't allowed to study it themselves like that's what the whole that's basically what the reformation was a lot of that was about was um, like I translating into English was a big deal a big fucking deal Um, and that changed the game but like the priest class is doctors now at least for the past Mm. few years like and I'm sure before that too but you can't question, you, you can't question it because you're not educated in them. Like scientists, right? There's, there's this, you, you actually have to defer to the experts, but when you have mountains of evidence that these experts are not credible, that they have no merit, that they've been compromised, it still affects almost no one's opinion. Because Mm -hmm. the deferment is a panacea, right? Sovereignty is a fucking lot of work. Making those choices and thinking about them and accepting the consequences is a lot of work. And once you have already allowed someone else to make those choices, like I actually don't need to consider these things and I have no place considering these things because they are an expert Um, that's lightening the load that's like making a a bargain so that you don't have this space filled up within your life like you get to you get to not think about that anymore and you don't want to go back you don't like on an instinctual level like you don't want to go back to that there's something about like the lazier like the less effort we have to put forth um, that's what we want and that's what we will always like move towards, uh, in a personal like maintenance context, unless we're actively working at it. Um, the internal stuff, and I think that's a product of our of our culture, but and our you know our ingrained, inborn philosophies and stuff. But but it's very present.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I've had very little interaction with doctors for most of my adult life like I was I was a freelance illustrator so I I didn't have insurance for for the majority of my life um that's only within the last like three or four years And, and like the couple of engagements I've had with doctors I'm just like like I've I've had them say things like oh vitamin d doesn't matter which there's like that's not even like a controversial thing that vitamin D has an effect on your, on both your mood and your health. But I've, I've heard doctors dismiss it. And then I've also had them, like I had one try to put me on uh, or wanted to like recommend statins to me. And I'm like, have you looked into any of those fucking things? They're nothing but bad news, but yet they're still there. I don't know. It's just like, They've. I'm wondering if like 50 years ago, there was a different doctors were very different because now they just seem like salesmen at this point. For a lot of it's just like trying to put you on more and more different medications. Like that's mostly what they seem to be around for.
0: Well, that's why I mean, they get incentives for it. Mm-hmm. They actually get paid to push the medicine and if you think for a second that most of them are keeping up with what's real like doing their own research and not just reading like the medical journal to keep up with what's published lately like fuck no no they're all getting the same sources so like if if all the medical studies are and and scientific studies are compromised which they have been for over it's like went on 15 years or something since the replication crisis first popped up, something like that, where you know results in all these published scientific um, studies that are supposed to be conclusively consistent are unrepeatable. And it's a ridiculous percentage. It was over half
2: mm-hmm. of
0: all of all the studies being published are there's they're not working. Numerous theories like people even speculated that it's because like I've heard people speculate it's because there's like the new dominant like that reality is changing and so these things are are actually not the same anymore because reality is changing so like science is not consistent because and I'm like that or people are greedy because that that's always been true and will always continue to be true (laughs) we can prove on paper that these companies are criminal it's it the greatest criminal corporation in the world like monetarily speaking the amount of fines they've paid um out of court settlements for people that died uh, shitty medicine they put out like i mean i'm not a doctor but i can read the writing on the wall <laughs> like
1: yeah, yeah
2: like
0: you drop more people than the fucking mafia and less people go to jail less of your people are going to jail and none of them are getting shot up i mean this is some serious to organized crime so i it's whatever most people don't mind most people love their ssris but but you know there was a study uh there's a study come out like last week showing actually the uh papers that conclusively proved that like there's such a thing as a chemical imbalance that causes depression might not have been so conclusive
1: so yeah. <laughs> yeah i know i was i was seen that yeah yeah
0: um and yet there's a gigantic surprise. industry
1: yeah surprise
0: no one actually cares about you at all except your friends and family no one except your friends and family give a fuck about you and that's actually okay it's just that you have to get used to it and then live accordingly <laughs> instead of trusting faceless corporations to stuff you with mystery drugs <laughs> and he- heavy metals to mask symptoms or create them who knows which anyway this is a fun episode for everyone who joined for laughs i mean <laughs> i
1: think i think it would be more okay with it if they all wore white suits with cowboy hats and red gloves i mean yeah, at least
2: no. <laughs>
0: If they just treated it like uh, <clears throat> used car salesmen and were just like open about that,
1: I'd be fine. If they were just the cartoon villains they actually were. They just yeah. accepted it and embraced it and, and dressed the part correctly. Yeah,
0: because there's something very like, like if the stove is red, don't touch it about that you know it's there's like this very like there's a lesson in here for people it's not just trying to fuck you over it's like this is the universe teaching you that what a snake oil salesman looks like and that's okay like that's a lesson everyone needs at some point but it shouldn't happen uh like you shouldn't have to learn that lesson and have it be fatal which uh seems to be happening a lot i mean that's just not fair
1: I mean, it's it's not, but it's just where things are right now. Yeah.
0: I mean, I... And know, it's also... used use, use cars, like, maybe it smells funny, maybe it breaks in a week, but, like, nobody... I mean, maybe the brakes don't work, but probably not going to be <laughs> something like that. It's probably going to be something
2: stupid.
1: Or maybe the, the chassis is rusted out underneath it. Don't know.
2: Yeah,
1: just I mean, I think. I think that's a, that is exactly what, what we're dealing with. the The chassis is rusted out underneath this thing that they're selling us, you know? and so the wheels are going to fall off any moment.
2: Well, they're
0: driving at sixty over speed bumps right now, so that bitch is going to snap like a <laughs> Twix. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. I keep people really are in like separate realities right now, yeah,
0: yeah, that's crazy and I, it's it's media bubbles too, I mean that's a lot of it, that's why like I like to listen to a show here and there on liberal side, and then I listen to a show here and there on the right side, and then I have to drink that night, but then I know where everyone's <laughs> at, you know, and I'm like, okay, okay, cool, yeah, we're definitely fucked, um. And then I go, like, you know, listen to somebody like uh, like James Corbett, who is uh, obnoxiously, like, emotional about things, but the information is always good, and his heart's always in the right place, and always lists all of the sources, and has absolutely no right or left bias, it's literally just, here's some research, here's what they mm-hmm. said this week, officially, uh, publicly, and then... Here are clips from five years ago here's a clip from last month cont- contradicting that here's here's the actual research that is proving that all of this is a lie like um i appreciate that uh, but but it's important to go back and forth and be like so these people's heads are here these people said they're here and just get like a, a snapshot like i don't spend time with it but it's like it's good to get that snapshot just to know how exactly radicalized everything is but I don't know where to look for a lot of things and I don't really care to take that much time on it
1: <laughs> yeah I mean that goes back to your whole sovereignty thing is like you just like how much responsibility can you take like at some point you probably have to outsource some of it so you just have you have to just find people that you think are being honest and trustworthy about what they're saying
0: I, I just um, like to have like a vague idea of where everyone's at because Things are just so weird that it's it's almost like the whole world is a soap opera and you can't decide like which aspect of it to look at. <laughs> it's all just unfolding with such utter swiftness and madness that I'm compelled to keep watching, but I have to be selective about which parts I watch and how much of which, or I'll get emotionally involved. And mm. if I get too emotionally involved, then I remember like that it's how frustrating it all is and then I can't do anything about it but if I do this like sort of skimming the surface of the news and catching little bits here and there both sides and the middle then I kind of walk away going like what a ridiculous fucking world I'm gonna walk around in the yard for a bit (laughs) and just kind of like laugh about it and smile and be like "Ah, I'm glad I don't care that much and and every once in a while something will really get under my skin but but uh, damn, it's so entertaining. It's like, I, I, that's what I have to ask myself. It's like, is it? Can I can I manage to enjoy the show? Because if I can do that, then I won't have a heart attack, and I won't die from stress or an aneurysm or a broken heart. Um, if I can enjoy the show from like a stepping back far enough to just be like, some of it's horrific. And some of it's hilarious and some of it's just so dumb and so absurd, but you have to like, you have to learn to enjoy that show as like an experience or it's just crippling. That's, that's, that's how I'm dealing with the apocalypse anyway. I don't know what we were talking about, or if I'm way off track, you'll have to save (laughs) me or steer the ship
1: uh th- no i'm uh, i've chosen the uh soap opera villain plot line, uh from the <laughs> halloween episode uh I, f- I feel like that's what my life is at the moment um yeah i'm the total spooky stranger that is, uh that comes into town to 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 possibly curse everyone i think that's the one i'm, <laughs> I'm, choosing. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna live that narrative like that. resurrect people you know bury them in a coffin you know, the fun stuff. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird thing. The, uh, I don't know if you've ever had that, that scary experience where you hear someone in real life, like, parrot something that you've heard. Or even worse, like, you find yourself suddenly saying something that you had watched or heard before. That's always the scary one. Mm. Like... I've had that happen a couple times where it's like suddenly, like, wait, wait, Do I even fucking believe this, or is this just something to say? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that—that I, 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 that is the more scary part about engaging with all that shit—is is getting caught up in it.
0: Yeah, catchphrases scare me. The way that, the way that words that are popular for any given time float around, um, like like little viruses and actually you know if anyone listening is unfamiliar with social contagion theory look that shit up might have to go to the wayback machine if they still have it Uh, yeah but basically like uh ideas do travel like in the same way as disease to the point where the official project studies on it uh, that were government funded Which is is psyop research, um, mm. but it's it's relatively recent stuff. Uh, that it actually they do that ideas do behave like viruses. They behave like the same way that they say disease behaves, uh, and that it, it spreads in a contagious manner. Um, catchphrases do this. Ideologies do this. Um, identity politics is basically like the. almost like the singularity of it it's like the the penultimate like pure gold of it where it just boils down to that um because people take it take whatever and run
1: run with it yeah well well, there's an interesting flip side to that that the contagion can also be positive like you can you can spread i was just watching something like uh that that guy i was telling you about joe just. Joe Dispenza, or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had this thing where, like, he,
2: because he, he does
1: these, like, group uh, gatherings where he, they go over these ideas. And he was, he was like, this woman healed this disease, this genetic disease, disease she had. And it took her, like, four years, roughly. But then she did. Uh, she she told her story in front of a, an audience, and in the audience was another person with the same disease. And then they cured it, but in like four months. And it was like, it was like there's, it's like that first person broke the four-minute mile of healing themselves. And and then it, so it's sort of, so that that's that's the inverse of this, where it's like. There's a contagion that can happen that can actually be very beneficial. Um,
0: that just goes back to that feeding in with the common belief, right? Belief,
1: yeah, with like the the larger
2: magic, she saw. like if
1: yeah, she saw that it was possible. Yeah, and it only takes is like oh, if it's possible for one person, that's all it, it takes.
0: It's literally the like, wait, I can fucking do that. Yeah, which I think I've said that probably. 1000 times since I started practicing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and that's, that's such a, uh, that's such a universal lesson. And, um, it goes back to what any, anything anyone wants to do. Um, uh, and, and, you know, the idea of like you're made up of like your five closest friends or whatever, or like your five closest associates it's like if you if you want to say like make films or like make music or whatever if you if you know someone that's also doing that and is, is successful for it it's such a that i think i think in a similar way like being successful is also contagious like because you know someone that has made it you know it's possible and that's in your reality um
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Which means that I think we somehow need to befriend Nicolas Cage, <laughs> so that we, can, so that we can we can we can bring his can we can be con- contaminated by his reality. I wouldn't rule out getting him on this show. <laughs> and I would love to see what movie he picked. Oh my god, he would probably pick it an amazing, amazing movie. He'd probably pick like a silent film of some sort. I could see him doing that.
0: We're like the best of Bugs Bunny or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No matter what, it would be amazing and with full commitment. That's like... uh, There are actors who are a uh, a servant to the film, and then there are actors that are like a servant to the muses. And I think he would sooner serve the muses than the director but i think he tries to do both
1: i think he probably serves the muses and then it's just up to the director to try to fucking wrangle it
0: (laughs) i wonder if the Uh, whole idea behind a nicholas cage film is you're like as a director you're like well the script would be amazing for nick cage but i'm I'm only gonna do it if i can get this editor uh uh-huh because yeah it's going to be a fucking mess for them. It's going to be a lot of takes and they're all going to be different.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I wonder, I wonder if, if it is. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder what it would be like, because the, the other thing is that you get these, you probably get people that like, they just want him to freak out. And he knows that that's not what everything needs. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, in fact i think there was a movie he was recently in that was like supposedly him starting as himself and he was like this isn't actually me and uh and he he talked about like he's he probably will never watch that movie because it's not he it feels like it, it he was he was getting pushed to be the cartoon version that everyone thinks he is versus what he actually is
0: that's actually what I thought when I saw the trailer I was like well this looks like they're cheapening him as a gimmick and I but I thought that he made the film
1: no he didn't no. Okay. uh what what is the the unbearable weight of talent or something i think is the name of that movie something. um
0: yeah he, he
1: jokingly narcissistic yeah and he um, yeah he's like that was not a pleasant experience because that's not it was exactly that it was them uh pushing him to be that the joke meme of him the people who don't actually don't actually appreciate what he is
0: yeah I don't like it
2: I don't like it Cause
0: you're right. There's something. There's something very childlike about him, uh, to me. I think there's like a almost an innocence there. Like he's still the kid that got on the bus. Yeah. And he's just been doing the same thing ever since, and it's worked, and it's cool. But there's like a lot of deeper stuff going on. Uh, but it's. It's just interesting there like there's some kind of childhood innocence that's retained, and it's a state of play, isn't it? yeah, you get the sense that there's a state of play rather than work
1: and that's I mean, God, that's like if you can achieve that in your life, oh. yeah, like
0: you won't die have a heart attack
1: no. Well, and it'll also, it'll keep whatever you're doing interesting. Um, it's, and it's also, it's like the real trick for discipline is if you can turn whatever the discipline is into some sort of type of play, it makes such a huge difference. Yeah. I've definitely noticed that with my like my martial arts practice i probably i don't know this for sure but i imagine i probably put in more practice than most people who study the thing i do and that's because i'm constantly playing with the, the concepts and principles i'm getting taught mm. and I'm, I'm constantly like jumbling them around and trying to think of them in completely different ways um and it's that sense of play. Well, that's also where the creative part is.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. I that's that's why out of um, like, I'm I'm kind of partial to Ajahn Apichai's stuff mm. because it seems like a lot of his talismans are like, a, there's like this personal creative twist where he's mixing concepts that are kind of tried and true. And he's experimenting, and mm. and he's so young. He's he's like I think he's like in his first half of his twenties. Oh my god! <laughs> and I, think he, I, I, one of them was adopted by a monk, and I might have been him. So like, they they train like their whole lives. So you could be tw- in your twenties and like a world famous magician, but he mm. seems to have that about him too. And like, I'm always doing the same thing. TSK is always doing the same thing. Like TSK is always doing that stuff. Like I love, like, he's got the best, um, so much inventive mind. Like he finds a system yeah. that vibes with them. And then he's like thinking, how can this be more practical or how can I like weave this into this other thing and make this better or work better? And yeah, um, I just, I just love that attitude, because that's fucking Bruce Lee. Like that's, Mm-mm. he's just let's learn all the stuff and then free myself of the boundaries, um, and call it a thing that is formlessness.
1: And that'll also help cut away what will be useless to me. Maybe yeah. it's useful for someone, but it's not useful to me.
0: You forget. Like it's, I think you're naturally supposed to forget things that are not useful. Like, forgetting is is a benefit sometimes. Mm. It sucks if you got to like make appointments, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's. And the, I mean that also like gets back into the whole discipline thing. Like the if you really try hard and do it, a very strict disciplined practice for a little while, there's qualities that will that will inform the free play, mm. and like they like there's this this sort of like paradoxal paradoxical relationship between like limitations and freedom uh yeah which which that goes back to the whole editing thing you're like choosing something it's like you're the the freedom is in sometimes in the exclude excluding of stuff um i don't know if this is this is going off there i feel like i've made this point before
2: well i
0: i talked about this i i went off about this with beverly Uh, When we talked to her because it's like that for me with musical instruments and the idea of using um, Ableton Mm, yeah it's like you can make any sound and it's like oh well that's way too much yeah can you can you just give me a box that makes like six different sounds and I can do a lot with that and I can maybe make it make eight sounds because I'm going to be creative and then give me like three more of those boxes that all have their own limitations and i can push those limits and i can interweave them together but i need to like know them they need to have boundaries to be a person to be like yeah. relatable to be relatable it needs to be an object and have personhood, uh, individuality and uniqueness uh, which an infinite bank of samples will never ever have and i I'm really impressed by people that can be creative within those spheres, um, and I question whether or not they sold their souls to the devil or something. <laughs> I, I don't know how they. I don't know how they do it. Like I, I, just, it's just a very cognitive difference. I think it's a cognitive difference. Like, um, and that that's also an ADHD thing. It's
1: like I, I think I too think many it's options probably, is terrifying. That's I think something. it's. I think for those type of people, it's it's a. They have a better they're more capable of like drawing their own boundaries, maybe. Like, so you could, they can be given this like 9,000 options, and then they can immediately be like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over here and just work with these four things within these 4,000 things or whatever.
2: Huh. Yeah.
0: Um, I, yeah, I can't do that. Like, I'll, always yeah, wonder, I, Like, what if, what if another sound that I haven't found yet <laughs> is better for the job? So I, <laughs> yeah. I would have to go through all of them for every part but if it's just a thing that does a thing i can be like hey it's just me and you buddy what what, ha- what happens is between us this is this is our conversation
1: yeah what like you, you you could get just lost in like do i want the reverb to sound like a gymnasium or a, a scottish cathedral or <laughs> a bathtub like what am i what am i trying to do here
2: yeah
0: well and, and actually that with those kinds of things, with effects and stuff, that's a blast. And if you're gonna get into music uh, or instruments that have those kinds of, because you know, plenty of synth and stuff have lots of fucking options to get lost in. Um, mm. And effects banks are like their whole, their own whole world, even on a on a limited machine. Uh, that's its own like standalone instrument. But that's great. You can get lost in that for weeks and come out of it like knowing when you get an idea, you can sit down and be like, oh, it needs the hall reverb for this part. Oh, and I'm Mm. gonna give it like a very slight delay here. So it gets that like 60s sound. Okay. And then, um, yeah, we're gonna bring the drums in real close. Like you just know what all these things mean at some point and you don't realize you're learning the language but you like learn it. And And then it's fairly fluid. And those things just feel like instruments like a guitar does. You know, like you can make, mm. some, you can do. You know what you can do on it, and even though that scope is a lot bigger, it's still limited enough that you can grasp it. It just takes a lot more time to absorb.
1: Oh, interesting. But so go- for you, it's more. It's more like. It's more like, I. But I need it to be a guitar or a piano,
0: not. Well, no, I. I mean, I love- million. I love yeah yeah I I love um, synths I love synths a lot like and I love samplers and things like that but I digital instruments are great to me um, analog and digital mm-hmm. electric instruments but but to me that's not what a sample bank on a computer is that that just has like a controller that triggers through MIDI to me like you're mm. you're literally playing a, a computer that's just copying you know, copying the real instruments oh, oh. or copying synthesizers. Yeah. And, and even a synthesizer, I mean, it's called a synthesizer, but if you play an analog synth, like, you can make it sound like other things, but what, what it is, it's just a fucking electrical current. Yeah. Like, to call to call it a synth is almost, in my mind, like, disrespectful. It's like, you're pretending to be something else all the time. And it's it's not. Like, they're their own thing and we're always going to call them that, I'm sure, but their own thing and it's the sound of pure electricity running through alterations that you have control over like you are having a relationship with an electrical current and that's amazing like when you when you get into analog synth stuff like to to mold it yourself every aspect of the way this current because it's just a tone and then you start turning knobs and you're altering it and everything you you can make any sound almost out of an analog synth. it's unbelievable If you know how to use it right
1: Um, or well. But wow, the way you put that is really, really amazing, actually.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, they're they're astonishing instruments to me. There's, there's a relationship of electricity going on there. Um, Like a very direct, you're hearing the sound of power and you're, you're changing it to, you're changing it manually. Like with knobs, so there's just this this primal thing about it, um, and and an analog synth will have some electronic stuff in it, but usually that's just like a save bank. Um, usually it's just things like that, um, and you're yeah you're you're playing with the current, and you're you're taking it from this base level of just this organic sound that just happens from the the current. And then you're manipulating it, like all the, all your favorite '80s shit. That's that's what's going on,
1: a lot of it. Well, that's amazing because it's almost like quantum music. Like you're you're at the fundamental structure of of electric sound. Like it's kind of, it's really funny to think about, but that's kind of what you're saying.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
0: then and then I'm obsessed with uh, oscilloscopes, um, where you can take. You can actually make one out of a tube television um, mm. it's you have to discharge it carefully and yeah definitely ch- watch YouTube videos if you're going to try that at home but um <laughs> <laughs> but you can reduce the the x and y axis to a dot in the center um, and hook the x and y axis of the the um filaments or whatever up to the left and right channel of a synth or speaker. And then the vibrations of the music will will move it. Like you get like a a monitor for like a microphone to see how much signal it's getting. Mm
1: -hmm. It'll move
0: it up and down for one of them and then left and right for the other. So you can actually play with the synthesizer and create shapes like, like people have used oscilloscopes, and since to make like a guy riding his bike down the street by just playing. Jesus with
1: Christ, him. really? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, so like the possibilities for including things like, like dropping it into a sacred, um, because of the the 440 hertz thing is basically a conspiracy in my opinion. Um, because there are there's like a different Hertz to tune to that's used for healing, and they they change the official tones of like what the notes are for the world, kind of like Greenwich Mean Time, like they did Greenwich Mean Time to music, so that the the notes aren't vibrating at the healing tones that they naturally, and these like holy, effective tones. Of. So like your A key is in between. Where it kind of naturally in the universe vibrates, right?
1: So, so everything becomes dissonant and atonal in a sense. Yeah, or dissonant, yeah. not not atonal, but dissonant.
0: It's slightly off from where it naturally wants to be, which does it. It kind of creates its own dissonance to everything else. So it's almost it almost goes with the idea of like creating your own world, this world where magic is, isn't real. Where you know, like, Mm. there's this interesting kind of vibrating out of tune with things being standardized, right? Um, Yeah, that's interesting. Um, But so you can, if you if you can retune some some sense, uh, a lot of you you can retune most manual sense; they can can be tuned. Um, most analog sense can be tuned, like fine tuned, and you can. Usually drop them into one of those hertz. So if you did that, and then you experiment with um, specific kinds of music that are supposed to be good for healing, or and then play with like what shapes those make.
2: Mm. And, oh and,
0: yeah, and like or try to make the shape, and then be like, why does this shape make this sound? You know, um, there's something. Really fun about the idea of just exploring that for a long time, like locking yourself in a fucking room and just exploring that for a very long time. I <laughs> really want to do that at some point, but an oscilloscope is so expensive. I think they're
1: thousands. Um, hold on a second. I'm gonna. Uh, my phone is about to die, and I want to plug it in. Uh, so I'm gonna Ooh. unplug the headphones and must see. You have to tell me like what the sound is like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Time, can you still hear me? Yes. Did it mute? Hold on.
0: It's a little quieter. Yeah. But uh can you hear me? Yes.
1: Why is there no sound now? <laughs> oh shit. Why is this not working?
0: Well it's pretty it's pretty late anyway. We could probably just Hello? call it. Yeah, I can hear you.
1: <laughs> can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. What the hell's going on? I can't hear you though, for some reason. Oh, I,
0: oh that's fun. I could be talking trash and you wouldn't know.
1: How about wait, speak? It's uh what is going on?
0: No, nothing. <laughs> i'm gonna have uh, to find forgotten. i'm gonna have to find some hold music to, like elevator music to put in here
1: okay i can i can hear you now so <laughs> that's that's bizarre like i am i am the headphones to then plug in the the charger and then it's everything's quiet and i don't know what the fuck that's all about
0: well we've been on for a long like it's time to call it anyway wait for real how long have we been on I think 3 hours. No. I think we got out around
1: 7:30. You're kidding. We have not been on this for that fucking long, have we?
0: I mean, I don't actually know cuz I don't have any way of telling.
1: You are you're a go- you're a goddamn time warp, dude.
0: You'd think uh you'd think Zoom would would like have a clock that like a running
1: that would that would make sense. That seems like a stupid, obvious thing for them to have. <laughs> I am impressed at the oversight. You know what, actually, I, I actually I get why they don't because they don't want you to not use this.
0: Oh yeah, 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 okay. It's yeah. not an oversight. It's, yeah. a, it's a bug that's a feature.
1: Exactly. Yeah, no, they, they absolutely want you constantly on their fucking platform where they can probably record everything. And uh, and make CGI CGI copies of our faces.
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure that I'm a host in Westworld right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> like they're, they're they're just doing a reverse. They're cop- they're like learning about us first and then making the copies.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I can't All wait right. to see some digital actor actors <laughs> that are just copies of us. <laughs>
0: I want it to be, like, 64-bit unrendered.
1: In fact, I'm pretty sure that those that those hipster guys in Ghostland, they were totally fucking CGI copied from, from, from hipsters. They just <laughs> blended all the hipsters. Yeah. Fucking
2: <laughs> oh, well,
0: I wouldn't be surprised if they just, like, they were like, well, actually, it's it's cheaper to just make the actual hosts than to do the special effects. So we've created the hosts and we're just going to use them for all of our, all of Hollywood now.
1: You know, there, there is this weird, funny thing that is uh, like the difference between television and and film actors is that like television actors are generically pretty. You know what I mean? Like they all kind of like They're all at this sort of even level of handsome and pretty that's like just kind of boring. Like I'd I'd hit on
0: you if you were at a party, but I wouldn't go to the next party because you were going.
1: Yeah, that sort of thing.
0: Like because I already forgot.
1: Like yeah, you you look at them and you're really like, well yeah, that's a pretty or a handsome person, and then but it's like there's nothing that compels you any further. Like (laughs) that's like the like, like.
0: if I'm like 35, like, oh, I'll find that I'm not married. Like, I'll find somebody like that before I get, like, <laughs> start, you know? So it's like people yeah. ra- rationalize with themselves, like, like, oh, I'll just take someone that's safe later if that, if it comes to that, you know?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it's oh, like the, it's fun. like the whole us, uh, the stupid, that rating thing that that the like pickup artists used to do that was like oh uh, it's you know she's a she's a six she's an eight she's a whatever and uh i was actually considering that for a minute i'm like you know no one would have the same 10
2: huh
0: yeah
1: because Anyone that actually reaches that level of attract- attractiveness to you is always going to have something particular and peculiar about them.
0: Oh, that's a really good point. I, that's very, uh, very good point. Yeah, there, there has to be like a, a uniqueness uh, that's intense
1: for it to push yeah. it
0: from a nine to a fucking ten.
1: Ten, yeah. The the ten is divisive. Like you couldn't. Like <laughs> I don't think there's. She's a 10, but, uh, but that's really specific to me only. <laughs> yeah, it's because uh, I love her vulture nose. Like, I can't help it. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I had a friend like that. He was like, I just love big noses. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I always was, was had a thing for crooked teeth. Yeah, see? And that's, that's a thing that I'm sure would like... Oh, some people would just be like, no, gross. Oh, God, fuck. I hate mm-hmm. that, right? Um, but that's the like one. That's that little thing that makes someone like super, super mm-hmm. attractive. Yeah,
2: I think I
0: feel like everything about my life is that that way for me, though.
2: <laughs> <Nah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's because yeah, you don't know that she was Westworld and just to just to trap you.
2: If this is trapped,
0: like if this is trapped, I don't want to be free.
2: <laughs>
0: Fuck sovereignty. <Nice>. I'm happy. <laughs> nice. Well, on on that high note, since it's been a sometimes dark episode, I think it'd be a good place to say we'll see you next week with God knows what
1: yeah this is uh who fucking knows
0: (laughs) oh you're still here (laughs) (laughs) thank you for still being here if if you're hearing this you're a trooper
1: we love you all yeah all 25 of you yeah
0: probably like 18 after this one No, <laughs> I, just, I don't
1: know. It's it seems to trend upwards. So the I think, the, uh, the
0: self-deprecation um, is probably good for ratings, so You think so? It's definitely good for me, man. I, Twenty-five is gonna go to my head.
2: Mm, okay. 25, 25 oh, listeners. Oh yeah, yeah. You're I'm right. I'm starting to right.
0: feel. I'm starting to feel pretty self-important.
1: You you feel the power. It's it's raw. It's just like. <laughs>
0: bleeding power like ground <gasps> beef
1: it's like ground beef power <laughs> god imagine when it's like well there is a thing that fucking happens where that's that flips where like 25 people that's like you can conceive of that but if it was like a million people like what what is that what the fuck even is that
0: oh i'm gonna get scared and quit at a thousand i think oh no you can't you're not allowed <laughs> no we'll just monitor we're gonna
1: have to we're gonna we're gonna have to buy you a tiger a tiger amulet so that you can <laughs> yeah the one i got is uh, cleared
0: up a lot of things that i've struggled with for a long time and i've been like having some weird cleansing and body purging stuff going on that's really good and necessary i can tell and i've been getting like instructions for diet and stuff to like help this process along to get me yeah I'm fascinated by the fact that this uh, thing around my neck has been causing all this positive change to happen so fast. But like, that's amazing. Um, yeah, tiger energy sounds fucking cool. Like the fact that they they specifically say like tiger energy is not angry energy. It's a calm knowledge that you're at the top of the food chain. Food chain. Like, there's this yeah. this just like the tiger doesn't hate anybody. It doesn't have anyone to hate. Everything is its potential dinner. It's yeah, there's no one to be mad at. You're just up there confident and unconcerned. And that sounds really liberating and nice.
1: Yeah, it's that it's a it's a fucking. I mean, to really think of what it is to be a predator and that's what it is.
0: Yeah, there's um, oh man, okay. Anyone listening to this go uh listen to jeremy narby's intelligence and nature it's like 30 minutes long on youtube and it's a a lecture he does it's fantastic Mm. that's it maybe we'll talk about it next episode or something
2: oh
1: that'd be cool
0: yeah Uh, maybe not though we'll see
1: (laughs) well i think i think part of the purging is you probably purged at least three of our listeners so we can gain 10 more so that's Uh, that's probably
2: i like that i like that idea
0: (laughs) oh my god i'm so scared like we're gonna be like thinking we're successful and then we start like a forum and we realize it's just all like jordan peterson guys (laughs) like oh no we became those bros (laughs) That's we gotta nice. have a, we gotta have we gotta have some women on the show, like stat. I'm telling you. Nah, nah. No, we <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to dodge your your misogynist joke. I need to meet you there because you do the same. You do the same for me when other people would not. Um, but you know, I, we've talked about this before. When something yeah. seems so fucking dumb to us. That it's insane that's when we make jokes about it yeah like so the the, the, the misogynist jokes are like us laughing at the the possibility that, that could be a thing someone thinks because it's so fucking far from anything that we believe um or feel but um
1: well maybe what you believe or feel but well like yeah no but
0: Kurt, Kurt, <laughs> Kurt, actually, Kurt actually
1: hates women but
0: it's it's okay nobody's perfect you know you can't don't discriminate just because he he has this issue that he needs to sit with if if you don't allow him that space he will never get over it (laughs) never get through it not over we don't get over things we work through them (laughs) (laughs) all right you're fucking you know i'll just talk to
1: you until my battery dies so good night everybody i, th- I think that's what's that's what, what's about to happen for my phone yeah
0: okay well that's good <laughs> <laughs> love you bye
1: love you too
2: Now hear this gross no landers
0: Tomorrow. I'm getting out of here. Impossible.
1: <laughs> it's impossible. Impossible. Ha! If you had told me three days ago, I'd be standing here with one arm and one testicle. Trying to reason with you,
2: bitches. I would have said impossible, too. But I'm telling you, there's a way.